Thanks for joining us again on episode 454 of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. Today we are joined by Josh Taylor, owner and founder of Mask Shortage Solution, which is a real tongue twister and we get to talk about that in the episode too. This year has been so weird and every one of us has spent time reassessing the things in our life. And for a lot of entrepreneurs, that meant quickly pivoting a business plan. Josh is one of those entrepreneurs. After networking and creating products, Josh saw the need for masks and medical supplies to healthcare professionals and dropped everything he was working on to create quality medical supplies for hospitals and other health professionals. That is a heck of an introduction. Yeah, it was, I feel like that was a huge tongue twister. And I, I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Hey, before we get into that conversation, we should probably introduce ourselves. We're the hosts of the show. My name is Chris. And my name's Chrissy. Hey, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I want to personally welcome you to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. You might be asking yourself, though, what am I about to listen to? What is this podcast all about? Well, Chrissy and I, we're showcasing all the awesome people right here in Salt Lake City. We're talking to business owners, authors, tattoo artists, restaurant owners, breweries, entrepreneurs, distilleries, food truck owners really anyone that might have a cool story to share. Indeed. And one of the cool people that had a story to share that we interviewed on episode 389 of the podcast is now our newest sponsor. Hugo Coffee. Yay, Hugo Coffee Roasters. If you haven't heard of them, well, listen up. They are awesome. We had Claudia and John from Hugo Coffee as guests on the podcast, and I am just so excited that we get to share how much we love them and their coffee with you guys. Hugo Coffee is a craft coffee roastery based right out of Park City, Utah. Their head roaster, John, he selects the highest quality beans with a rich flavor profile for a wide range of roasts from light to dark and even an espresso roast. Their website, Hugo.Coffee, really easy to remember, Hugo.Coffee, go check it out. Check out all the different coffee they have available. Pay attention though, we created a very special promo code just for I Am Salt Lake podcast listeners and their friends. If you enter the promo code podcast at checkout, when you're when you're all check, ready to check out with your coffee, you're going to be able to buy one bag, get the second bag for 50% off and free shipping. How ridiculous is this? I mean, seriously, okay, so you get a bag, you get the second bag, 50% off. And free free shipping. shipping. And 10% of all of the proceeds always go to rescue dogs, which is like one of my personal favorite things. So awesome. I mean, the coffee is wonderful. I would buy it even if I wasn't donating to puppy dogs. But the fact that we can help little... Okay, I'm never going to stop getting excited about that. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) And again, guys, that website is hugo.coffee. I'm still geeking out about the names of their roasts. Black Paw French Roast... Bonafido Dark Roast, Rollover Breakfast Blend, and New Trick Light Roast. I mean, that come on, that's adorable. Don't you want to drink those? I do. And remember, just use the promo code PODCAST to get yourself the exclusive buy one, get the second bag 50% off, and free shipping for I Am Salt Lake Podcast listeners and your friends. All right, guys, here's that conversation that we had with Josh Taylor, founder and owner of Mask Shortage Solution. Josh is a great guy. Such a great story. He really inspired me after listening to uh, after listening to it. So here's that conversation that we had with Josh. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. But I like to start at square one with people, like where their home was, where they grew up. 
you know, if Utah was even home for him or what brought him to Utah? Let's let's kind of start at ground zero for you, buddy. Okay. Uh, so I grew up in Centralia, Washington. I was born in Centralia, Washington, and spent most of my life in Puyallup, Washington. That's where I grew up, a bit on my teen years and that kind of thing. Um, and then I moved to St. George, Utah, and I finished high school there. And then I went on a mission and served for the Mormon Church in New Jersey. And then I came back and went to school for a little bit and moved to Spain for a little semester abroad, studying Spanish. And then I came back. Yeah, it was amazing. I loved it. It was eye-opening. I bet. Definitely eye-opening. I spent about three months there and tried to, I guess I just tried to figure out life after coming back from a Mormon mission. And I, uh, I ended up leaving the church when I got back to the United States. And then I moved up to Salt Lake. And I've been here for six years now. Why did you come to Salt Lake? I mean, what brought you from, I mean, you were in Spain, man, in St. George. I mean, come on, it's beautiful down there. But <laughs> Salt Lake City, why, what brought you here six years yeah. ago? I think it's the sun just chased me away from St. George. Okay. Oh, man. The yeah. heat is miserable. It's so hot down there. It takes yeah. a special kind of person to live down there. Plus, I mean, in high school, I mean, that's tough. Isn't there mostly just elderly people down there? Mon- 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 I think, <laughs> I, well, no, yeah. I mean, it, it was a retirement community. Yeah. I think it's growing more now, yeah, but for know. the longest time, it's mainly been like a retirement community. Yeah. 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 It started out as a retirement community. And then now it, it seems like there's just like a huge gap between ages. It's either you're really, really old or you're really young and there's not enough jobs down there. And I didn't feel like it was a great place to launch my it's life. It's having an awkward phase right now. Yeah. <laughs> there's not enough water down there, I guess. So I think in the long run, it was a good idea to leave. So have you always been like a bit of an entrepreneur or like, cause I was, I was reading uh, a bit about your story on your website, on your masked uh, shortage solution.com website to kind of find out about this, what you're doing with, uh, with masks and stuff right now. But I mean, there's a backstory here where you started selling stuff to festival goers or something. It says on your website, music goers. I mean, talk about that. What is that? What, what were you selling? Yeah. I think I've always been really good at convincing people of things. <laughs> so I got my way a lot as a kid. I think that's where my, uh, foray into sales began, but Uh, When I was a teenager, I bought stencils and spray paint and spray painted addresses on people's curbs in front of their houses and did door-to-door sales like that. And uh, When I was 22, I started into online advertising and did social media and Facebook advertising. Um, And then my last job was three years ago at a call center where I made a bet with my boss, that if I broke the all-time sales record, that he would have to buy me a ball pit. And so I worked out of a ball pit for like six months. And it was the most annoying thing ever. And everyone just threw balls at each other all day. How big was this ball pit? The size of my cubicle. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So like, did you stand up in the ball pit or you're sitting down in the ball pit? I mean, I had a rolly chair in the ball pit. I would never get anything done. And they didn't put a door on it. So was it, were they just like falling into the hallway constantly? We just like taped this ca- like sheet of cardboard up in front of it. So sometimes it would fall and balls would get out and everyone, yeah, it was, nice. it was fun. 
That's awesome. So you, so, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, so you're working at this call center. You got stuck in this ball pit. And, and then you're like, something needs to change. And you're like, something needs to change, right? Like, what? <laughs> that was the straw. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I took a six-month break, called it my first retirement, and rock climbed for six months while I tried to start my first business. And that's really where all of my skills started to kind of come into more of a symbiotic they all blended into one uniform, brand new you. Yeah. I mean, all, all my skills came together at that point to start building businesses and having success. And so I, I banged my head against the wall for a couple of years trying to make this business work. And I, I manufactured a product in China and my girlfriend was the co-owner of it. And we, we just worked and worked and worked and worked for, for years on this. and then. Back in January, I was trying to kind of revamp that business. Uh, and so I was establishing relationships in China at the time and working with manufacturers and factories directly. And that's when COVID started in China. So like, what, what's your favorite thing? You obviously are a creative type of entrepreneur. You like to create things. So, and being an entrepreneur, suck. it can suck. It can be, it's, we all know it's really hard. Like what? is it that you love about it? Do you love being your own boss? Do you love creating something? Because it's definitely a grind. The thing I love about being an entrepreneur, I think the thing I hate about not being an entrepreneur is working for someone else. I just cannot. I hate going into work and being on someone else's time. And uh, yeah, I, I just bending over backwards for someone else is just really difficult to do for my whole life. And I think I just got the the idea of this rat race stuck in my head. And I was like, there's no way I'm doing that forever. I got to try and see if I can do it myself. So I think, I think that's really like the, the underlying factor of what just keeps me trying yeah, and trying freedom. and trying. So let, let's, let's back up a little bit here. Yeah. We got, so in January you started noticing, or you, you were, you were kind of talking about, you were kind of paying attention to what was going on with COVID and, and all of that. And that's kind of what, what kind of sparked your, uh, Ideas for this masked, uh, it's mask shortage solutions is the name of it, correct? No S at the end. Mask shortage solution. And I didn't say it out loud before I got the website going. It was mainly just SEO, but it is a bit. (laughs) It's a a tongue twister. It's like (laughs) mess. Yeah, no, that is not easy to say, but it looks really good. The, the company is now called MSS Medical. Okay. So what is it? I mean, let's, let's, uh, I mean, I'm sure nobody knows what it is that's listening. So let's, let's tell what it is. So MSS Medical is a medical supply company. Uh, it was born from Mask Shortage Solution. So Mask Shortage Solution was when I was working with all of these factories. I was, I was trying to start a drop shipping business and I was working directly with all these manufacturers and all of a sudden everyone just gone and COVID just turned off China. Everything was done. They just shut down China completely. So, I mean, that was back in December and January. And so I started watching COVID very closely. And so I basically watched it rip apart the world and I started trying to be 
as loud as possible to everyone in the U.S. on my Facebook and all my friends, like, oh, my God, this pandemic is coming. Oh, my God. So I, I pivoted and I was going to relaunch and add more products to another, my old company. And then I realized that there were going to be zero music festivals for the next foreseeable at least future. A year. Yeah, or two years, who knows? So at that point, I had to figure out what I was going to do. So I closed that company. And I, at, at this point, China had opened back up and they were full speed manufacturing again. And so I saw multiple articles just about the PPE shortage. And I saw that people were already suffering and that there was a failure in the supply chain uh, that just continued to get worse. And still pretty bad. But the thing that really was the inspiration to see if I could do anything about it was the national response. Uh, our, our national response was so inadequate. Our, our goal was to manufacture and supply a percentage, a small percentage of the NIOSH N95 respirators that would be needed for our healthcare professionals. And I read an article about it and was like, I, I guess I know some people in China. I know how to manufacture. I feel like I understand enough. And so I just reached out to every single person that I've ever dealt with in China and started just digging. And I worked 18 hour days for months straight building out this. And, and because I, I was drop shipping before, I started dropshipping medical supplies. And so I built that into my business model and I ran mask shortage solution on, on like a 10% profit margin. I didn't make any money off my mask shortage solution. It was just, I wanted to get PPE into the country and I wanted to solve this problem so I could go to Burning. <laughs> <laughs> I like your motivation. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> Not really. I just kidding. But... <laughs> So yeah, I, I ran this drop shipping model where I was drop shipping different medical supplies and I, I left it on my website that people could go on, you could enter a hospital's receiving address, purchase PPE, and in that way you could donate directly to medical facilities. So I was just drop shipping PPE to medical facilities as a as a way to because I didn't have the capital to open up a medical supply company from the get-go. That just wasn't an option. So this was the, the best that I could do with what I got. And um, then while that was running, I was working on the back end and building out my whole supply chain, which at, at this time we offer almost every single PPE product possible that we have on the ground and we have manufacturers in multiple countries around the world. All right, we're going to take just a couple of minutes and tell you about one of our awesome sponsors. Hey, I'm excited to tell you about Market Source Real Estate because Market Source Real Estate has been a sponsor of I Am Salt Lake Podcast, gosh, for what, four or five years now? At least. Hey, are you thinking of moving to Salt Lake City? I know we got listeners. You're thinking of moving to Salt Lake City. We also have listeners that are thinking about getting out of the rent game, which is awesome. They're thinking about finally buying a home of their own. Well, you need to contact our good friend Monique at Market Source Real Estate. The cool thing is, she helped us find the home that we're recording this podcast in right now. And before I get into business here, I personally love Monique, and you should just call her because she's awesome. 
but she's also been helping people buy and sell homes for almost 20 years in the Sugar House and the greater Salt Lake area. Market Source Real Estate has a background in flipping houses, and they've even owned almost 20 homes themselves, so they know the ins and outs of older homes. And if you're looking to sell your home, Market Source Real Estate specializes in helping sellers update or repair their homes to increase their value and make sellers more money. All right, so if you're looking to move to Salt Lake City, maybe there's a job here, maybe there's something like that bringing you here, or if you're just looking to move across town, contact Monique at Market Source Real Estate. You can find her website, it's just thinksaltlakecity.com, or give her a call directly. Let me give you her phone number, it's 801-810-6773. And many thanks to Market Source Real Estate for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Let's get back into that conversation with Josh Taylor. Thanks for listening. Take me back. I want to go back a little bit because wasn't it back like April and even May? Wasn't there like, like compared to now? So this is being recorded in October, mm-hmm. right? We're in October. I forget sometimes I so. what month we're in. I mean, this whole year has been a blur. We're in the month of 2020. But I mean, masks, masks and PPE yeah. is a little more available now. But back in April and May when this came, I mean, there was nothing, right? There was there was, uh, I mean, that, that was kind of why they were almost discouraging us to wear masks. Yeah, because they didn't uh, want us to take it away, take them away from I mean, but, the professionals who might need them. Yeah, but you found some people to manufacture. I mean, when when were you, did you say what month it was that you started kind of getting this all off the ground? What month all this was happening? Mask shortage solution started in the middle of March. Have you fa- faced any kind of like backlashes with like masks? I mean, masks have become such a... Controversial Such, yeah, topic. Yeah, man. Like it's yeah. like you might as well just be posing naked on the on the front of a magazine. That's how yeah. controversial masks are. It to seems be fair, like. right now almost everything's that controversial, like sneezing, you know. But this <laughs> is definitely a hot button. Masks are a hot button. You know, sneezing so is offensive. sneezing has more scientific evidence of being controversial right now than masks. Do. I believe you. <laughs> you can transmit COVID through a sneeze, True. right? I have. I have fought tooth and nail trying to educate people and trying to help people understand. I, I think until recently, I, I, I struggle with being just a super duper nice person sometimes. And so I just want to yell and call everyone COVID idiots and rat lickers and say mean things. But it's just, it goes back to just a lack of understanding. And it's also just a lack of direct messaging. There needs to be direct messaging from the top to the bottom. I mean, when the Surgeon General comes out and says that don't wear masks, they don't work, leave them for the sick, and they say that improper donning of masks is going to lead to transmission of this virus, and it just caused a lot of murky water, and that's what we're seeing now. It's just residual effect from that. I, I think the, the other thing is people try to rationalize these scary, scary times away. And I, I think attacking masks is one of the easiest ways to do that. It kind of distracts from what's it's really like going the on. messenger type thing. If you attack the masks, yeah, that means that yeah. somehow COVID's going to like get scared and go away. So people listening, could they go buy like just a few pieces of gear or masks or do, is it only for hospitals that you're selling or how does that work? Yeah. So at the beginning, I was like, I'm just doing this for medical facilities. And then I realized that everyone was going to need PPE. So for a very short time, I started selling cloth masks. 
And my opinion and thoughts on cloth masks are, if you don't have a particulate respirator, then a cloth mask is going to do great. But if a particulate respirator or some high filtration efficiency medical rated equipment is available and it's not going to directly take away from a medical supply, like a, a KN95 is a great option. A KN95, there's a, there's a specific list. Uh, it's called the Appendix A list. It's done by the CDC and the FDA. And th those are approved for medical use. So there's dozens and dozens of other companies that are making KN95s that they do fit on your face and that are respirators and do provide some amount of protection significantly higher than a cloth mask. I see people making these, I mean, they're funny, they're silly, but comparisons to like a chain link fence stopping a mosquito. <laughs> so first, these melt blown fibers are electrostatically charged. So the virus being at like one micron and these mass filter down to like three. The electrostatic charged materials are what catch the virus more than anything. Interesting. So that's what allows it to stay breathe, like its breathabil breathability to remain high. I'm just stumbling. No, this is interesting. I mean, there's, there's some, I actually um, looked into like copper masks in the beginning because copper, if you can get one that's like finely meshed enough, can, there, there's so many different ways that masks can make an impact basically and it's interesting there's so many different types where i mean where do you where do you want to see all this take you man like where i mean do you want to do you want to keep selling ppes or do you just kind of want to see where it takes you into your next business adventure or what's uh what's your goal there yeah so when i started this it really was i didn't know how to start a 501c3 and run it out of that so i just i started a a sole prop. And I ran this as a sole prop for a little while until I registered the business as an LLC. And that kind of demonstrates how short term I was thinking this would be. I really just got in. I was like, I'm going to fix this problem and then I'll go back to doing other stuff. But I mean, af after working 18 hour days, I'm literally working 18 hour days. It's work a day in America, work a day on the computer in China. I did that for months and months and months. And I was like, man, it would be really dumb to just throw this away. So that that's kind of when it became MSS medical and it is going to be permanent. I hope that I can fix the supply chain permanently. I don't want to see this happen ever again. Manufacturing needs to be, it needs to happen closer to home. There need to be better options than the entire world relying mainly on China. I mean, they're, they're great at what they do. They produce high quality products, but we saw the problem. Yeah. It needs to be more evenly distributed. All yeah. of the manufacturing for sure. Yeah. Like in, in the case of a pandemic, when we see all these countries put up embargoes and disallow exports, I mean, we, we were screwed. Everything obviously was significantly impacted right away. And it, it, it it's been interesting to watch everything like start to kind of come back, but it, it does. It, I'm totally with you. Like it, it makes you a little bit nervous. Like if we can't make sure that our supply chains are solid, if something else happens like this, yikes. Yeah. And it, I think it will. It's just a matter of time when it happens again and we need to be better prepared yeah, for it next time. Yeah. So are you just doing this by yourself or is it you, you mentioned earlier, your girlfriend was helping you with your other project. Is she helping you with this one too? 
that's that technically my ex-girlfriend. So I am I am doing this completely alone. I just I live at my place alone and I just work and work and work and work. Uh, I have people that I work with like strategically across the country that own warehouses and import PPE. And so some of my offerings come from partners, warehouses, and we all kind of share inventory and, and it works kind of like that. So I do have people that I work with. I also work on a daily basis with uh, my partner, Allison in China from a different company that we're starting right now. This company I'll just briefly go over it, but we have a respirator that we have developed, and this is at Nelson Labs just down the street here where they do the NIOSH testing. So this will be a NIOSH respirator. Hopefully on the 16th is when it'll it'll go through the, the last bits of, of testing, and then there'll be about a two-month wait when it goes to the NPPTL to have the NIOSH approval cert or finalized. Wow, that sounds like a real process. It is. All of this is just such a process. There's so much red tape and there's so many different regulatory bodies that have to and which which is a good right. thing. Right. It, it makes sure that the quality is lives rely on this. Yeah, equipment. exactly. But that's got to be a really difficult thing to just jump into as an entrepreneur. It it was and it is and there's so many people in this space that I think what drove me to actually do enough research and not just, I mean, I I didn't just do it for the money. Most people that are jumping into this, trying to make a quick buck, that's all they're doing. So they have no vested interest. They have no long-term plan. And all they're trying to do is, is make a quick buck. So they don't care about what is, whether the product is authentic, whether it's a good product they just they just don't care. So I, I put in so much time trying to understand every single thing that the FDA has said and every single EUA that's come out for each different product. EUA stands for Emergency Use Act. I have a question. Like, since there are so many different types of competitors, you know, mask sellers, and you you never know what you're going to get. Obviously, um, how would you recommend people look for masks? So if we don't know anything, say because I actually don't know anything. I'm learning a ton from you right now. If if I wanted to go find a good quality mask, what what are some things to look for or what's something we could do to research that a little bit more? If you buy them from MaskShortageSolution.com, they They're will be gold. real. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I mean... <laughs> No, it's it's really really hard. Like I don't I don't sell hardly any 3M because it's so difficult to verify if they're real or not. The people that I help find 3M, it's it's basically I help them find it and I say I'll connect you to my supplier and you can vet the lot and once it gets there you can inspect it and you can do third party testing and or test inspections and then you can decide if it's actually authentic goods but it's it's really, really difficult. There's a lot of people. The The one bad thing in China is that from, from my understanding, counterfeiting is not looked down on the same way. That's why Wish is so big. The Wish app, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's probably Wish masks. Yeah. I mean, there's masks on Wish. Yeah. Um, it's It's just, it's really, really difficult. You have to be careful of who you're buying from. I think I think for civilian masks, 
I was going to say something about this earlier. I, I think in a, a medical setting, the reason you need a N95 that's NIOSH approved is because you are in a room. You're guaranteed to be in a room where there are aerosolized particulates of, of the virus. And so you do need something that does fit perfectly on your face and is going to protect you from being in an area that is super dangerous. For normal people, it's not quite as imperative to have a NIOSH N95. So I I do see some merit to what the Surgeon General came out to say. I think it was was mostly done to save the... uh, supplies for for medical not not on that same logic but um but it would have been nice if they phrased it a little bit better because everybody was already panicking it would have been nice if they didn't say it at all and it would have been nice if we had a billion niosh n95s strategically placed across warehouses in the united states and it would have been nice if we had manufacturing happening in the u.s i mean we have really set ourselves up for what happened. Yeah, we really did. This year. Another question I had for you, you were you were mentioning how you were working like these 18-hour days, right? Like what did you do to keep yourself motivated? I mean, did, how did you not burn yourself out here, man? Like I'm sure you you did or you didn't. Yeah. I mean, what what did you do to keep going? Uh had mental breakdowns in my shower and cried and tried to figure it out and I take a lot of amino acids. I think those really, really help. I take a lot of GABA and theanine. Uh, DLPA is my favorite. It is like, it's like motivation in a bottle. It is, it's awesome. And it's an amino acid. The other thing that I started doing, I suffer from bipolar disorder. I have type one bipolar disorder. So I'm kind of used to just the ups and the downs. And I have, I have anxiety too. Do you just use the mania to your advantage? I was talking to my partner and she told me that most CEOs have bipolar disorder. I thought that I was believe it. Kind of. I mean, that's what I <laughs> Sometimes I, I mean, sometimes I'm just ready to go and start a company and and <laughs> do it and then sometimes it's really hard to keep the company going. So um, on those I I take freezing cold showers and I try to do that every single day to give myself an activity or something to do that I do not want to do and will never want to do, but I push myself through that. And it's sometimes, I don't know if it works, but can I just I say that I appreciate <laughs> that you are telling the truth about cold showers because I have had arguments with people at work who say that they take cold showers in the morning because they love it. I've never met anybody who says they love I have, <laughs> And nobody like you can't love a cold shower in the morning you just can't so i'm i was just really nice to hear someone say that they suck and good for you for keeping doing it i agree they suck (laughs) we need to uh shift directions we have a few salt lake city uh standard salt lake city questions we ask everybody that comes through here josh we have family and friends that visit us from time to time i'm sure you have family and friends that visit you josh and then they want you to show them around. They want you to give them a tour of the area, of the valley, of Salt Lake City, of the mountains. I, I don't know. where. Do you have like one or two favorite places you like to take people? My favorite place in the entire valley is heading north on the 215 next to mile marker four at about 6 p.m. You can drive past and see the sun setting. And it is the most beautiful spot to drive in. But you got to hit it just right. 
<laughs> that, that's my favorite place. Now we're going to have to have a sign-up sheet to I get lo- there at that time Dude, of I day. Lo- I love that. I love that. No, no, that's cool. Do you have like um, one or two favorite local eating spots? Like, uh, you know, we all favorite place to grab lunch or dinner, you know, one or two places. Yes. I absolutely love the ramen at Tonkatsu. Holy cow. That is the best ramen ever. At where did you say that was? Tonkatsu. It's in West Valley, like 30, 3,500 South. I think just right there. Someone needs to go there. (laughs) I love ramen. It blows all of the other ramen places out of the water. Okay. Any other places? Simply sushi. I love just eating absurd amounts of sushi. (laughs) Is there anything that you would change about Salt Lake City if you could, or the valley, the area? If you could, like, let's say you had the magical powers to change something. It would be really, really nice to be able to fix the inversion. And it would be really nice to fix the mindset that makes the inversion worse. I wish we could all get on the same page and live in the same reality. For sure. Any uh, any big plans? I mean, winter's right around the corner. I know we don't want to think about that. You know, autumn and well, autumn's here. Winter, you know, I, I didn't know if you have any big winter plans coming Skiing, up. Skiing, snowboarding. Just showing me masked uh, mask shortage. Oh, working <laughs> or oh, M- MSC? Working. I guess I yeah. Just <laughs> I guess when just working. Work. I'm back to two a days again. Uh, I I am I'm a part owner of this company. It's called Frontliners Med. It's this NIOSH N95 company and I am doing the marketing and the distribution and the sales and and helping them get this company going. So I run, I wake up and do a zoom call with them when my partner Allison is going to sleep and getting loopy tired because it's midnight. And then I work on my business and my other partner of that N95 company lives in Texas. So we work kind of back and forth in the day, but I basically run MSS medical during the day and then finish off the day. I'll I'll finish uh, off tonight with another Zoom call with Allison and Candice and keep working on that too. So those are my winter and fall and probably spring plans too. Very cool. That's better than like being depressed and social distancing and not having anything to do. At least you're busy. I'm well, going to be depressed okay. and social distancing Fair, but while you'll be doing busy, it, so. so I might as well be yeah. <laughs> Dude, that trying is, to be optimistic here. I'm it's so cool, man. I'm so I'm so glad we we got you on the podcast to find out a little bit about uh, about what you got going on with the masks and everything. I mean, was there anything that you were hoping that we would talk about? I mean, before we completely wrap this up today, Josh. Was there anything that you were hoping that we would talk about that we didn't get an opportunity to? I know we just skimmed the surface. Was there anything we were hoping we'd talk about? You know, I I was hoping to be able to talk slightly about nitrile gloves. Okay. Nitrile gloves. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. please do. Don't even know what they are. So nitrile gloves, there's a global shortage on nitrile gloves. That's, I, I would venture to say it's worse than any of the other PPE shortages that we've seen. The other thing that's worse that goes kind of back to mask shortage solution that I hate is opportunistic capitalists that just have money and they don't know how to grow it. So they get into PPE and they buy these absurd amounts of nitrile gloves and jack up the prices and they sell them and trade them as a commodity. And it's it's now leaching into vinyl gloves as well. And it's it, it affects everything because it's not just medical that uses these gloves, 
I mean, it's food safety and, and tons of people use them. So I have been very, very blessed to work with a huge company that's importing nitrile gloves. So I, I just wanted to get that out there that if there are healthcare professionals struggling to get PPE, NIOSH N95s, nitrile gloves, whatever you need, my whole goal is to get PPE to where it needs to be and do so ethically. And how can people do that? What's your website or, or how can people contact you? Give all that information here. It's maskshortagesolution.com. You can use that. We'll have MSS Medical. The new website will be up, but I'll have a redirect from maskshortagesolution.com to our website. Uh, the other one that you can find us on is frontliners med.com. All right. Thanks again to Josh Taylor for joining us on this episode of the podcast. I'm a little bummed our recording actually cut out before I got to ask him what piece of advice he would leave with you guys. It was like the last question. It, was, it literally just, we froze, the, the connection dropped. And so that will be forever a mystery, but we really appreciate him coming on. Or maybe you can find out what his advice to you would be if you reach out to him. All the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode notes on our podcast website, which is at IamSaltLake.com. And for this episode, IamSaltLake.com slash 454. All right. It is weekly recommendation time, that time of the podcast where Chrissy and I, we give a recommendation, something that we want to tell the listeners of I Am Salt Lake, something we want to share with you guys, something we're enjoying, something we just want to brag about, something, I don't know. I think you guys get the idea. I'm going to let Chrissy go first because I'm a gentleman like that. And plus, I know I already know what your recommendation is. And I am stoked on this because, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> this one's pretty good. And uh, so we what did we watch? It's called Action Park. Action it's, Park is a documentary. It's a documentary. And Chris and I made it through most of it. We still have to finish the end because, you know, kids. But holy crap, you guys, it is mind blowing. Action Park is it's a. It's a documentary about a park that was in New Jersey in the 70s, 80s. Yes. Yeah. More and 80s, I think. Yeah. More 80s. But like, okay. There was basically this, no rules. No rules. No rules. None. I mean, oh, I can't even. Like, and the, watch the, it. The water slides were so ridiculously put together. They were so together. dangerous. They weren't created by engineers. It yeah. was created by some crazy rich guy who just wanted to do stuff. And he was even friends with Donald Trump. And it was too much for Donald Trump to even get involved with. <laughs> He's like, no way. That's literally how insane it was. And you just got to watch it. it. It's mind blowing. I think it's on HBO Max, is, I think is what it was on. Oh, yeah. For people uh -huh, that want to uh -huh. watch it. But it, it, it gets, Oh, yeah. Where to find it? Thank it gets you, Chris. a thumbs up even from myself. So, that's, so a, that's a recommendation for me, too. But I have another recommendation. Of course, my recommendation is another podcast. Just what everybody needs is another new podcast to listen to. I don't know about you, Chrissy, but have you found uh, with everything going on with the pandemic, has it been harder or easier for you to listen to more podcasts? Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of been harder for me. Yeah, I have well, to be honest, yeah, I think because I'm not I'm not traveling as much. I'm not in my car as much. Well, I think it's harder for all of us. And that's why yeah. it's funny that I'm recommending another <laughs> podcast because I'm having a hard enough time myself keeping up on all of my podcasts. But this podcast is fun. This is from the guys of Workaholics. Oh, this yeah. is the podcast is called This is Important. And it is important. They've only released three episodes so far. I've listened to all three of them. They're a hoot and a holler. A hoot yeah. and a holler. <laughs> I love now, those guys. But it's just a funny podcast. And they actually, uh, there was a lot of fun 
tidbits and facts that they would kind of weave into the conversations about workaholics and about, you know, cause it workaholics was like what, seven, eight seasons. Yeah. And so, uh, it's just a fun, but go, go listen to it. A little behind the scenes, a little bit of new stuff. And they're, they're, they're just figuring out the whole podcast thing too. So I think once they figure it out, they'll get a little better. Oh, too they'll at kill it. it, man. Those guys are brilliant. Yeah. Like it's, well, the part that confuses me is it sounds like they all kind of do it remotely. You know, through computer, it's oh, good sound, that right? That makes sense, yeah. But it sounds like a couple of them are wearing face masks. What? Like, like the, muffly? Yeah, I haven't the, listened the one, to it yet. The one guy's like apologizing for wearing a face mask, but he didn't want to get the other one sick or something. I don't know. I think he was Weird. trying to be funny. Anyway, oh. <laughs> so the name of the okay, podcast is This sense. Is Important, and uh, go check it out. iHeartRadio did it. iHeartRadio put it out. So right on, right on. All right, guys, remember, you can always go to our website and find any of our back catalog episodes at any time if you want to check out something. You can go to IamSaltLake.com. There's a search bar. Search for whatever you're interested. See if we've interviewed them. And if you or someone you might know is interested in coming on the show or sharing their story, send us an email at hello at IamSaltLake.com or call our voicemail line at 801-613-1592. Yeah, call up that voicemail line. We want to hear from you guys. We want to to know what you guys are up to. I mean, at least like play some pranks on us. Come on, guys. All right. You guys have a great week. Get out and enjoy some of the sunshine. I think we're on the last few days, the last few warm days. I think we're going to be heading right into winter here soon. So get out and enjoy the city why it's warm, why it's nice here. Support local, especially right now. Those local businesses need our help. And we're going to see you next week on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. And good night, Grammy.